I used it eventually later on. Like it might not have been useful at that stage, but um, most of it came back later. I'm like, and and had a big influence on on my work. Hey, I'm Jamie. Welcome back to another episode of the Jamie and You Show, where I shine light on the amazing things people are doing. And through conversation, uncover unique insights that could inspire you or enable you to pursue your greatest ideas. While you're watching or listening, please feel free to pause the conversation at any time and write down your favorite quotes, your favorite insights, and please share them with us. If you're watching, please share them in the comment section below. And if you're listening or the comment section isn't for you, please tweet me at Jamie and you. George, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. So nice to have you. This is quite a cool moment. George is the first person on the show to be a stranger to me. I've never <laughs> met George before today. Uh, and this is really awesome. And this is obviously exactly what I want the show to be about. Not just people I know or have met before, but people I actually haven't met before. Yeah. Hopefully after the show, you know me a little bit more than a stranger. So I'm sure <laughs> this is going to be a nice one, man. So how do you go from stumbling upon industrial design to then exhibiting at the design in Darba, being featured in Men's Health magazine, to now starting your own product design consultancy? Um, so it's not a simple or quick thing. It didn't happen overnight. It took, took a very long time and uh, there's still a long way to go. Um, but it started with studying social sciences and um, not, not doing so well there and didn't liking it. And quitting which is what you shouldn't tell people to do but quitting that was a very one of the best decisions I've made why did you even get into it um so I used it as a um, bridging course for um, something else that I wanted to study um was called urban um urban design um urban and regional planning and I just um fell out of touch with the work I didn't like it and um uh after one year i qu- i quit took a um break to to get my bearing bearings again and um th- that's when i um got into industrial design and um th- didn't look back ever since yeah how did you discover industrial design though um i was it at the same place you were studying no no um industrial design um i've always been interested in Maybe, John, maybe explain industrial design. Don't yes, everyone knows yes, um, of course. Yeah, um, I usually have to explain it to people. Um, <laughs> they either think I'm a graphic designer or sometimes they um, compliment me and think I'm an engineer, but I'm not that, <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> um, but an industrial designer is, it's more of something in between um, art and engineering. It's, it's, right. it's um, using engineering to create something for humans basically that's that's um a very simplistic view of it but what you usually do is you you learn a lot of manufacturing processes and you use that as your tools to make products that people use every day Um, everything that people interact with on on a day-to-day basis has been designed for um for them by industrial designer um so would you say would I be right in saying industrial design is the is designing physical products? 
absolutely okay. yeah it that's that's where um i that's where the difference between industrial and product comes into play okay um industrial design is mostly focused on mass produ- mass producing um products um for for a large number of people uh, anything from furniture to electronics to um cars it it the list goes on right so then how did you find out about it um i've always been interested in design and um i recently discovered a sketchbook of um when i was like 12 designing spaceships and um these these um military war vehicles um very intricate and <laughs> i've always been um like i've always had a big interest in 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 these kinds of things and it's it it just comes from this big curiosity of no wanting to know how things work um not not um not being just satisfied to um see how it's put together but having a complete understanding of what process went into this item or product um and that led me to industrial design right which is a whole is what you study if you want to know how things are made yes basically yeah cool so so yeah cool so you get into studying it yeah how does how does it go do, do you do you fall in love with it immediately because you'd been longing for this thing or did it take some time to warm up to it um so i when i started industrial design like um in the beginning it i had a lot of preconceived ideas about it um cuz i've always been a fan of apple and their products and how they were made cuz apple puts a lo- big focus on the manufacturing processes um and when i started studying i just wanted to make pretty rounded rectangles um all the time um but that's not what industrial design is not well not only because um my lecturer um in first year um it was one of the first classes uh he he stood in the front of the class and held up a big pen like those simple like thing is they cost like 10 rand yeah, the pen, most basic pen. the most basic <laughs> pen you can imagine and he says this is good design and i was like shocked i was like how can you say this this, this is a it's it's the most basic pen there's nothing beautiful or nice about it but he explained the reasoning like the, it's not the, it's not that superficial it's it's the whole process behind making this pen um i read recently a cool fact that even that um proved this point further is um the price of the big pen um has remained stable over the past 10 20 years um despite inflation because of the economies of scale so how they the cost never increased to make this pen because so, right. the design is so it's so well thought out and so um true to its function that it just never changed it stands and that's the why test it's of a time. good t- design good design does that yeah yeah that's it's so funny when he if i was in that lecture and he said this is the this is a great design I would have immediately agreed with him. And the, re- the reason is, though, mm-hmm. is because I find those cheap pens, sometimes, not all of them, but some of those cheap pens, for me, write so much better mm. than some of the more expensive ones that have the fancy casing yeah. and all that. Like, those ones get stuck at points. And, and I think, why would you pay 
200, 300 plus rand for yeah. this pen when you can buy a 10, 20 rand pen that writes better. Yes. It's bizarre sometimes. That, that, that's the thing I've been, um, like an idea or, or a position that I've been negotiating recent in recent times is like the expensive pen and a big pen and the difference between the two. And what I'll say the difference is like the big pen is honest design which is something you don't see in a lot of products. Um, this pen um, hides um, its low quality components in a expensive, fancy, um, attention-seeking design, and they charge a lot of money for that, but it's, it's not an honest product. And um, that, that's something you don't see a lot of every day, and that's something I want to focus on, is creating honest design products. Yeah. And you do also get really expensive, really fancy, honest products, though. You do. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Like, um, if they really do make it out of top-notch, good quality um, components, and the design is not um, trying to mislead, like, the, the consumer or the person using the pen, that is good, honest design. You can make it out of diamonds. Um, if it works well, it, it's honest design. Right. You're not trying to fool anyone. Yes, exactly. Okay. It's it's like um, a easy example is when you get when you get to furniture um, you get um, something that's veneered with this fake um, like it looks like oak right. um, layer and if you if inside it's basically chipboard oh. and that's dishonest design yeah it's, it's trying to mimic something that's not well, well it's okay it's dishonest design for people who would want it to be honest, but yes. it might still be honest if yeah. you're buying it knowing it's the what, fake thing, but what, you want it to look like the real thing. What, yeah, but I would, what I would want to do is educate people on that is um, I would rather have the table that looks like it's made out of chipboard and the design embraces the material, like it emphasizes it, this is chipboard and it designs according to chipboard. That's honest design instead of the product that it's chipboard, but it's disguised to look like an oak table. Does that feel wrong to you? It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, 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 do, I do snark thing. at those tables yeah. when I walk past them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've also heard, apparently, uh, I've heard this thing about uh, restaurant tables. Mm. And when you, go to, when you go to a restaurant and you see that they have uh, a very fancy restaurant, mm. it's got all beautiful white tablecloths over the, the tables. And apparently that's just to disguise the really bad table underneath the, <laughs> the tablecloth. Whereas a real fancy restaurant would have no tablecloths and amazing looking tables. So from now on, I'm going to go in a restaurant and lift the tablecloths to see yeah. <laughs> how, how clean it is. How legit are you actually? Yeah, yeah. of course. Um, I think it was um, one of my friends were at this, um, it was a high end restaurant and uh, they had these um, what was it? Uh, tableware, um, again, um, mounted against the wall, like plates as a decoration. And he like turns it around and said that, says H&M. And it's like, Whoa, <laughs> this is high end restaurant and they um, trying to, you know, fake their presence. Exactly. A little. Yeah. Sounds a bit doesn't mean, feel genuine. mean no, saying, but I it's, don't think so. Yeah. I, I think it's weird. I think that kind of stuff, uh, it makes you think if they're willing to do that, 
what other things are fake exactly. and strange around here. Is yeah. anything real? <laughs> Is anything <laughs> in, real? The, in that restaurant, not in, <laughs> in reality. <laughs> we could go into the extension existential route later on we could yeah take a turn <laughs> yeah uh so but let's for the to keep it in the restaurant for now <laughs> uh the, i think i think that's what that's what honest design is about for me is about if i can tell you honest about this layer of the design and then this layer and then this layer yeah. then at least i can trust that this yeah. product as a whole is honest and yes. will continue to work yeah, you can, you you know you understand the product and it's not going to surprise you and breaking where you don't expect it to break yes. for example and it's going to last as long as you th- hope it w- something made out of real oak would last. Exactly. For example. Yeah, and then you can um then you can you can use the table accordingly. Then yeah. you can actually use it because you know what it's going to do. Yeah. You, know? you can predict yeah. what the table's going to do. Yeah. I guess that's also something about design is that when you design something there must be an element of predictability to the use yeah. of it. And and people, they they might not know it consciously, but they sense the, their environment subconsciously and they do take information on, on levels that they don't, they're not always aware of. Like um, he would just walk past the table, he'd put something down and just that sound would, he, would, he might not realize it, but he would get a sense of, is this real oak? Well, does this behave like it should and if it doesn't they it 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 um it could make people um like sus- not suspicious but um they Th- they do some sense dissonance it. there yeah yes yeah. exactly yeah it make um, it might make you feel a little bit uncomfortable and you don't really know why yes. something doesn't feel right yes these things are so subtle and a lot of people um most people don't care about it but it is a factor that especially designers have to think about all the yeah. time I think, yeah, that's, um, yeah, so I, I do um, digital product design. Mm. Um, so I also have got into that understanding that design, how you make things look and work has an effect, has a psychological effect on people. Yeah. Um, not a detrimental, weird psychological effect, no. but it just has, it, it impacts you mm. in a way whether you like it or not. I mean, we're susceptible to color, we're susceptible to shape. Mm. Uh, all sorts of things. I mean, we we like good-looking stuff. Yeah. Why? And whether we like mm. it or not, it does something to us. Yes. Yeah. It's like good art. Art. Um, I usually measure it in. Um, I I do have a f- bit of an art background, but um, when I look at a new piece, I try to um, eliminate my um, prejudgment and look at this like a kid would look at it, like on a purely simplistic basis. How does this painting make you feel and and that's if you if you're honest with yourself with yourself and you listen to how this makes you feel then you can say if you like it or not yeah for example yeah for sure cool you're studying industrial design at that point in time and then are you exclusively studying are you doing things on the side um when i started studying um i i became super obsessive about it and um I got f- quickly frustrated by the slow curriculum of the of the um, university, and um, instead of irritating my lecturers all the time about to teach me more, uh, I started working part time uh, as an intern for free um, at product design and industrial design consultancies, and awesome. I did that for quite a while. 
Um, I only stopped doing it for free in my third year when I decided, okay, I'm not uh, a nuisance anymore in the office. I'm actually being, I'm actually quite useful. So now I can start charging money for my services and um, yeah, so things went from there. It's so important to do internships. Yes, yeah, yes. I mean, yeah, so I've also got experience in doing it while I was studying. I did some internships. Oh, yeah. It is so valuable. Do it for free. Like, yeah. it's so, you get Just to you get a feel. working. Yeah, like, you get a feel for the work. Yeah. You get a feel for the workplace. You get yeah. a feel for what you like and what you don't like. You make connections. Mm. You get experience. You keep yourself busy. It's, yeah. it's really good stuff. It is, it is. Um, you learn, you, you gain a, you quickly gain a perspective of your position of um your work in the broader sense as well yes um if you start if you just start studying this is your world and you don't have a good idea of where this connects to other um parts in the whole process yes and working taught me that which was very important later on and i um so yeah can't emphasize the importance of internships while you're studying it's and also I've so I've also thought before in the same line of thinking I've thought why don't these places of study encourage students to do internships more yes. why don't they really say you need to be doing internships I know some programs say it's mandatory and you have to do internships some but but, but I think I think they can only they can only encourage so much. Yeah. You really need to do it from your own will and go do it because yeah. then you're actually going to be motivated in the right way to do it as mm. well. So I've, I've stopped thinking that. I've stopped thinking that these, these places of study should encourage it or make it, yeah. um, make it mandatory. I've started to think actually it would just be better to get the message out there that that's yeah. the best thing you can do. Yeah, so let, it would be your own fault if you didn't do it. Yeah, right? let it go. It, it'll sort of govern itself. Yeah. Like who is going to um, succeed the most is the person who seeks out and goes um, looking for these these um, places to grow, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Like, we can agree on that. That's a, it's a very, <laughs> it's a very important thing, I think. Definitely. Yeah. Cool. So how did those internships go? Um, they went very well. Um, I, I learned so much. Um, they, no knowledge is ever wasted. Like anything, everything I learned through those or, or um, through experimenting or testing, I used it eventually later on. Like it might not have been useful at that stage, but um, most of it came back later. I'm like, and and had a big influence on on my work um at this one at this company in Pretoria that I interned in um uh, I can't remember if I'm allowed to disclose it um it it, it was a wireless charger no 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 it was a it was a charger that uses um heat this differential differentiation so this side's cold this side's hot um, you call it a Peltier, Peltier module, which goes in between, and that temperature difference generates yeah. an electrical current. Um, that's the first but, time I've ever heard of okay. uh, um, um, that um, component. Oh, right. This is the first time I'm hearing of this. Okay, so yeah. maybe you'll use this one day. So okay. um, we, I, I was involved in that project, um, and it didn't go anywhere, but um, my my latest design that I exhibited at Indaba uses that module to 
generate that t temperature di differential um, to communicate to the user um, what the room is like. Right. Um, I can, I can, I don't know if you're familiar with that project. I can tell you a bit more about it. Let's hear about it. So the one, the one thing I want to ask before you, before you get into that is doesn't, doesn't it take energy to make those two temperatures? Yes. Yes. But so, so you don't get more energy out the, of that. Uh, the, that one worked um, as a, the idea was that you mount this on a stove, which is already generating electricity. It was for a uh, paraffin stove yeah, yeah. and it's already generating. You just borrow that. You borrow that, yeah. that heat and the room temperature is lower than that. So yes. there's already a differential in the room. Yes. And you're just um, capitalizing on that if, um, differential and generating electricity from it. Amazing. Um, a lot of the, that's how these um, deep space satellite probes work. They, they have like a nuclear, um, I don't, I don't remember what nuclear material it is, but it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's like uranium or something that generates heat okay. um, for like 10,000 years, something. And they line the container with those Peltier modules and space is obviously m like Cold minus, <laughs> like, well, like all this, like <laughs> one Kelvin or something. Right. And that they use, that's how those probes use, generate electricity if they can't rely uh, on solar panels okay. all the time. So, um, that's fascinating. It is. It's super cool. Um, but yeah, thanks to those people <laughs> making that technology. Yeah. Yeah. So much like I heard the cordless drill came from the space program, like, Whoa. cause they had to obviously had a drill without a cord. So they engineered one yes. and before that it didn't exist, but now we, it's ubiquitous. You, use, you see the, you, everyone uses a cordless drill. Mm. There are those weird coincidences like. I think also, I mean, projects that fund military, like military projects, they also, I think, you know, GPS that we get to use on Google GPS, Maps. GPS, radar, yeah. Wi-Fi. Yeah. Or we all benefited yeah. from, you know, less, less ideal pursuits. Less gave ideal. Us, yeah, gave us some, like, great technology yeah. that's enhanced Microwave our lives. Microwaves as, as yeah. well as one of those. It's incredible. <laughs> so many things. Um, yeah. But... Um, yeah, so you're saying the, the internships, you ended up learning things that came back and helped yes. you in so many strange ways. Yeah, so um, for for my final fourth year, um, I moved down to Cape Town to, to do that. And um, it, I wanted to do something in, in the realm of the human senses and how to manipulate it or enhance it. And um, I ended up designing this headset that fits fits any head size and it has these patches all over that um, communicate to the user through vibra vibration and temperature fluctuations. The It communicates information about the environment. So this headset would sense the distance of objects. How far is this table or this wall from the user? And according to that, it would vibrate on a certain fre frequency or intensity. Um, and where the temperature fluctuation comes in is I thought it would be a very interesting if there was another layer to this interface that um, to someone who is blind, who doesn't know the concept of color, um, could experience different colors. So um, if the object is yellow or red, um, this part of the headset would heat up accordingly. 
oh. so that they can experience here's a warm object yes w- with a and warm then, color and, and uh, cold oh uh, so you did it like that it's so a warm color yes. warm feeling and cold colors it'll cool down as well right. so it, it's this whole interface that um enhances um the wearer's um whole perception of the environment wow it's it's giving someone a new sense yes yeah uh, it 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 could be used by people um with visual impairment or even in mining where if if they um find themselves that that they have to navigate a chamber that is with low visibility or even a diver um this headset could um maybe one day help them navigate or um, get information about the environment and how, move around. How is it sensing distance? So it uses LiDAR and radar um, to, not radar, it uses LiDAR, which is like laser um, radar okay. to map the whole room. And it has, um, what's it, uh, ultraviolet sensors and emitters to um, map clo- more detail closer by um, for the for uh, the wearer. And can you, uh, so if you closed your eyes, what would you experience? So if you close your eyes and you walk around and you're approaching the wall, um, you would get um, you would start to um, feel a vibration where the wall is in in um, um, reference to where you are. So okay. the headset fits over your entire head, and if you approach this wall um, the vibration would start and it would increase the closer you get at that specific point like if you're in front or if you're on uh, um, if it's to your side and it would also communicate the color of the wall and how warm (laughs) how warm it is did you uh, in your exhibit did you have different color walls was that Um, how you presented it it? was very the exhibit was um, very conceptual Um, I'm still developing a working prototype um, but the concept is based on existing components Um, I just need to build this thing Um, but yeah the exhibit was mostly I had like this um, bust of a uh, figure um, illustrating the different points of um, sense where this thing um, talks to the user. Right. Yeah. Okay, that was the way you presented it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I, the, the, the idea of giving someone a new sense fascinates me mm. because, especially because you can't describe, you can't really describe a sense to someone. You can't, it's, I don't know, how, I mean, maybe you can. I don't, I don't know if you can, but I don't know how I would describe sight to someone who's blind. I don't know how I would describe hearing to someone who yeah. can't hear. I, so the idea of giving, the idea of inventing a sense, which is kind of what you're doing, like the, the, the ability to sense a wall yeah. via vibrations yeah, or the through ability touch. through touch and the, yeah. abili- the ability to feel color through heat, through yeah. heat. These, these are almost senses you've invented. Yeah. Um, and I can imagine... I mean, the human brain is quite something. I can imagine if you wore that thing for a long enough time, you would actually become really comfortable with it. Yeah, it'll. Um, I think you, you'll become um, reliant on it as well. Like yes. if you take it away, then you would feel um, like someone... Something's uh, missing. Something's missing. Someone oh. put a blindfold over your eyes or something. Whoa. Like it could be something like that. I'm sure they've done experiments like this. Mm. I'm sure. Have you read about any? Um, for the specific... Um, 
like a headset like this, I I haven't found um, an exact um, similar project or device that does this. Um, that's uh, it's why I want to develop it and uh, make it work because um, I think it's the as far as I know, it's the first of its kind. Right. Um, there, there hasn't been a device that uses these sensors to um, create an interface. Are you looking for collaborators? Are you looking for money? <laughs> I'm looking for money. <laughs> <laughs> Always looking for money. Right. Um, no, yeah, so I, I am... I think that's important to put out there. Yes, yes. I, I, I think this device could help a lot of people and um, it could could be very useful in, in dangerous environments like diving in, in um, low visibility water and in the mines where the visibility is also limited. Um, I, I, am, I have been meeting with a lot of investors lately so that I am trying to develop this and push this further because I think, I think it's an it's a important device to, to make work. It sounds it like work. it. I'm excited to see this thing happen. Really, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. So was so that was at the end of studying. Yes, that you yes. Did that exhibit. Yes. Was it during? Was it that your main project for the that year? That was my main project okay. for my final year. Um, and yeah, I exhibited that like a few months after that in Darba. Mm. Um, yeah. And did you start working straight after studying? What, where did you think that headset was going to take you? Um, or did you just get a job straight away because you thought it's going to be on the side? Uh, I I got a job straight away, um, and I tried. Then I thought I would just develop this on the side um, in my free time, uh, which is what I've been doing. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I, I started working straight after after I finished studying. Yeah. Was it at one of the places that you interned at? Um, no, it was at a new company. Um, they they make these. Um, tensile um, tented structures um, up in Africa, like these luxury lodges. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, while, yeah, and while I work there, I, I, I have my um, freelance work on the side. Right. Um, what was that? What's, what do you do for, because now you've, I mean, you've, you've mentioned so many things. So, <laughs> so you headset helping build, what, well, structures for lodges the freelance stuff i mean that what what mixture of things are you making for people who have different requirements that you wouldn't have expected yeah i mean it must be all over the place you get you get projects you would never think of um even existed um and but people think that's a big challenge but um that's that's a beauty of Learn, learning design and specifically industrial design is um, it teaches you these tools that makes you um, think a particular way and solve you, most problems. Um, you can enter a completely new field and have no um, prior knowledge about it, but you, you have these tools that you can apply um, to understand the problem and come up with a solution to it. Um, because yeah, with with that the tools mostly remain the same. The the um, projects differ, and they come from all over the place. But um, was there a freelance project where you learned a lot, and that you were grateful that you got to supplement what you'd learned when you were studying and when you were um, 
yeah, when you eventually graduated and started working? Um, yeah, the, the, there's this, um, it's one of my, um, one of the projects I made that, are, that is currently in production. Um, it, it was, uh, it started as a second year, um, project for, 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 um, for the course, industrial design course. And after that, um, it got taken further by, um, the university, the university funded it and developed it into a fully working, um, product. Um, why did the university want it? Um, the, the, okay, let me, I I should actually tell you what it is. So then you have a better idea. (laughs) It's a water carrying device that, um, you strap around your waist and you pull it on two wheels. That's the essence of it. And it's the idea is to create a accessible or, or a, a firefighting device that can get into um, tight places. And this thing was aimed at fighting fires in townships. Because right. um, they have big wheels, big chunky wheels. Yes. And it's narrow enough to get in between the, the houses and stuff because um, if, um, I've, I've been there and it, there's, there's very little, um, room for cars or a fire truck to get into. It's, it's not possible. So the idea was to, you deploy a bunch of the, these, um, smaller firefighters and they can get there quick and extinguish the fire. And this sounds like an awesome project, by the way. That, really yes, good. that, that's, that's why the university, um, funded it eventually. They, they really liked the idea and, um, it it got taken all the way to production. It's currently being used. Um, awesome. It's it's also not. It's it's also made to um, uh, fight fire in or do fire breaks, which is um, preventative, like um, right. fire burns. I don't know how to how do you what do you call it exactly? Yeah, it's when you well maybe my understanding of a fire break is that you you go and uh, clear some areas and yes you pre yeah you pre burn and yes and make a break in yeah so in that the ground if so there's that, a fire yeah. it, it it doesn't spill out of control it can only travel as far as that break yeah. thing yes that exactly you made, yeah you know? that's exactly what it is and i i struggle to explain that it is hard <laughs> to explain yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean maybe we just making useless a pre-fire for for <laughs> yeah. the real fire yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Instead, instead of building a big wall to stop a fire from going out of control, <laughs> make it a fire. Make a fire to stop the fire. A controlled fire. fire. Yes. Yeah. How do they, do? How do they make a break for the break? <laughs> no, I suppose they're ready. Have to they, make they, a mini break. Yeah. They're watching. They are. They put yeah, wet so it on either side, and then they burn it well, in the middle. Sometimes I do that. Like um, I, I grew up on the farm, and we used to do a lot of firefighting. And um, when it gets when it's winter time, you um you're already you're always in this mode ready to like put on um fire a fire suit um and go and fill the fill the fire um firefighter and um get going um and yeah i spend a lot of time fighting fires um you do and and before the uh, big fire um where breakout season comes when there's just fires everywhere you do these fire breaks where you would like um, burn a whole a long row around your um, your farm or your fields um, to 
safeguarded against fires coming from the other side. Right. That's actually a good strategy. Yeah. Because it's basically saying... That stops. Yeah, if you guys are going to fool around and there's going to be fires on your farms, that's not going to... We're not going to let that affect us. happens all the time. Yeah. 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 Okay, that's clever. So So just to get back to your your um your invention oh yeah you, you're saying they they were also using that for fire breaks how, yes how did so, that get used for fire breaks um for the the reason you would need a smaller fire instead of a fire truck for the fire breaks is um the most of the fires that start like these runaway fires they start from fire breaks that go out of control so oh, no. <laughs> it's it's like a catch-22 situation. That's, that's, um, that is one of the most <laughs> ridiculous things I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, doing, it's like, it's like redundant. Present, yeah, to prevent the fire. Yeah, they might as well not the, do it and yeah. then not have all these runaway fires. Oh, like unless, a lot I mean, it. unless the chance, the chance of things going wrong during the fire break prep. Yeah. I'm hoping that's really the, low. The, the, the thing that happens most of the time is that they do the fire break, it all goes well, and then everyone goes home, um, and then you get these um, um, grass poles that um, usually, um, that's in our experience, I don't know if it's, it's, it's usually that, that um, still have like a, s- a smoke coming out of it, it's not completely dead, oh. and then wind picks it up at night, and it's starting, it, it catches fire again, and then um, ca- wind carries a little carries a little spark and it goes and lights up another field and it goes. So right. Okay. These, these There's always going to be that risk involved. Yeah. yeah. My grandfather was always um, the last to leave these fire breaks because he would like go back, backtrack, and make sure like everything is dead. Oh, right. And yeah. that's the idea with these fire these um, uh, firefighters that that you strap around your waist. It's yes. like you while the big um, convoy is busy doing the breaks in front, these guys come in afterwards and like, it's like detail at uh, work, like making sure everything smaller, is Smaller. Yeah, yeah. Smaller movement, you can just go check it out. Yes, yes. Because if you drive by, you don't see it, but then when they walk, uh, they can extinguish all those things. But yeah. That's brilliant. Mm. That's brilliant. Could you, could you have one of these at home? Would there be a point? Mm. Maybe Might as well have a fire extinguisher. Yeah, there's uh, there's enough um, hose pipes and taps. Yes. I think they um, uh, uh, a compressed firefighter would be the best, more portable, like in in urban areas. Mm. But um, yeah. Why did the university fund it? Did they just want to get behind something that they believed in? Well, yeah, because it, it wasn't was... for that. They didn't need firefighting protection. No, as no, a no. Campus. no, 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 no. But they have an incentive to. Um, fund projects of this kind which which um like they 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 have a budget for 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 funding um the uh, this amount of projects every year and um this was just um they just liked this one so much and they decided to go with it um there was um also more the um person in charge of this project um l- lobbying for it and he made it happen basically right. yeah did you were you part of it so for a while i i was on in second year it was um it was a pro- school project um and then um he took it further to get it developed right. and then they called me back because i wasn't i was in charge of the group that was doing that and uh, they asked me to 
come help develop this thing further. Nice. So I, um, I saw it through all the way to production stuff. Awesome, man. So have you yeah. always had a bit of a leadership quality to you? Um, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm sometimes a bit controlling and, uh, I, it, it does, it somehow it just happens where I, I'm the one in charge making um, the decisions yeah. um, for a lot of the projects. That's um, actually an interesting one. Like sometimes you become a leader of a group just because you are keen to just take it with both mm. hands and run with the project. And if things are going slow, you're the one who steps in and says, let's yeah, move yeah. this forward, let's do something. Yeah. And then naturally that kind of person will step into the leadership role yeah. just by the nature of it. Yeah, because um, a lot of designers are, um, they they avoid conflict and they 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 don't assume these roles usually, um, which I I rarely have a problem with that. Like I I I I can easily like, well, what I what I like doing is um, making the use of making people um, or helping them. Um, reach their potential like you know this person is quite they're usually quiet and soft-spoken and they get um, people talk over them and so, so they never get a chance to let their let their ideas be heard so uh, a lot of the times I, I I take take it upon myself to say listen just uh, guys I think they want to say something because the it, ideas come from everywhere and a lot of the times it's those soft quiet voices that um have have uh have the solution that everyone's arguing about um no one's no one's listening to them so yeah i would say i'd say that's a really good leadership quality definitely yeah (laughs) yeah that's a big one i've i've also i must say in my experience as well i've also um tried to have that kind of perception as much as possible yeah taking yourself you can be in the middle of a conversation, like, everyone's debating. You step out a bit. Yeah, it's like um, taking one step out. Um, it's like taking the, um, seeing the situation from outside, basically. Yes. Like, because um, m- most people they're in that situation and that's their current awareness. If you can have, if you can be involved in the situation, but you can always also step back and see it from outside. What is actually happening here? you gain a good perspective so you know um you know uh how to direct things or or actually the importance of this particular thing yes yeah, yeah perspective i guess yeah. yeah it's perspective and awareness those two things those two things are so important yeah yeah that's really cool so i guess i also i guess then also working in a team that's a those are really good qualities i think teamwork is such an awesome thing that they make you do while you're studying yeah. I'm I really am super grateful. I mean when you when you get to do these team projects mm. so, there's some people dread them and they say team projects are the worst and they can be really tough. They can they be. definitely can be really tough. But they are such good experience for how to deal with this stuff. I mean the opportunity that you were getting there to practice what you did because yeah. you can have that awareness and perspective but you got to practice it by actually yeah. being in a real team where you had to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, I think um, uh, um, working in a in the um, consultancies and interning um, 
gave me also that ma- little bit of maturity to to take gain that perspective and right. that that awareness um that's so huge another thing on that is that i don't know if people realize this is when you do when you do things that are out of the ordinary like doing an internship for instance mm. what you've done is you've got all your classmates and now you have stepped out and it hasn't been mandatory to do an internship mm. you've decided to do it so now you go you step outside you go do your internship now you through the internship gain this level of maturity mm. this awareness you get some new perspectives and now you come back into the study environment yeah. and you you've got this extra thing that the people in the environment don't have now that's not where the edge comes in the edge comes in is that you have this extra perspective and now in these situations in these group projects mm. you have this extra awareness and you act on that mm. now what happens when you act on that is you get more experience because yeah. you are getting to be the one to take the opportunity to yeah. be more leadership um, into a more leadership role. Yeah. And then through that experience, you get a compounding set of skills that builds and builds yeah, yeah. and builds. So you like, this is, it's this like is a something snow, snowball effect. Exactly. Yeah. There's a huge snowball effect. And yeah. I think that's the thing with, with people who've, who seem to have this extremely greater, I mean, I'm not talking about, anyone in particular at the moment but just in general you can see someone who has this extreme level of success and you think how how did they get that they must have been so lucky and had so many opportunities there was so many tiny little snowball things that happened yeah i hate it when they say they were lucky because it's the it's such a um like undermining thing to yeah it is like on they just see the um the performance they don't see what uh, what went on backstage like um it's hard it's rarely is it just luck it's it's a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of time um to for these people to gain these the success yeah i think i don't know yeah i don't know why yeah this this luck thing is such an interesting one i don't know why it people is. say things people well, are lucky yeah I, I think it's an easy thing to say sometimes i say it also uh, i find myself guilty of that but then if you um look back and you're like yeah they were it's not that it was you know they worked hard for that yes i you know what we all fall for it and me too i've said but what happens is what i've started to realize now after falling for it you're right you fall for it enough times and you think i thought they were they seemed lucky Mm. but then i found out that actually this this they had done all these things and i now now my what i've learned is my default is it seems like they're lucky. Let me go look into this. And you always find this yeah. long history of these things they've been doing for 10 years. Yeah. And now they are where they are. And you think, okay, yeah, that's why they got yeah. that successful. Yeah. Um, I, I read so many um, biographies last year. Um, and then you, you peel, peel back the curtain and see like the actual, what went on behind these big um, personalities um, what they did and what how their life went and it's 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 they're actually unlucky most of the time <laughs> but despite them being just great they forced their luck most a lot of oh. times um, you mean sometimes they actually had really bad situations that yeah. they managed to go through yeah uh, it, that's 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 like the ne- you get like one level of success and then the next level is success depi- despite being unlucky uh forcing it like you would have been successful no matter what because you just um had this unstoppable drive to to get where you wanted to go um that nothing would have stopped you basically 
Um, I one, one example is Elon Musk. I would say because he, if 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 you, I, I listened to his biography last year, and what a story! Like they, I can't wait until they make a movie about this because mm. it's. It I still has, haven't. I still haven't checked it out. You you have, have to. to. It it has it I've has everything. Pieces. It I've has heard, drama. I've, it has um, hardships. <laughs> everything. Um, he but he's he's a lot of people already know this because it's been made to public but he's a absolute workaholic um so and his company succeed because of that but he's they've had a, a lot of hard times um like uh there's the, the, there's one situation i think it was with paypal um his board was planning to overthrow him and just they planned it the vote to vote him out at a stage where he was about to get on an airplane, a 16-hour flight for, to Australia, so that he won't be able, no one would be able to warn him about it. Oh, they conspired and against him. When he lands there, he's just he would just get the email. He's out, and yeah, that that happened. Um, that's just one example of it. There's there's quite a few, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, so he had at times he had the odds against him. Yeah, I think he had the odds against him all the time. <laughs> like. If 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 you if you um, get familiar with the story, it's it's um, everything is working against him. Tesla uh, had so many challenges with the um, auto auto um, industry in America, um, trying to stop them from selling their cars in um, online or something like that, and not going through dealers. Um, and that's just to name a few. Like it's just been a constant like uphill battle, but it, he's succeeding despite it yeah so it's so wild yeah he's a yeah he's obviously a big inspiration just to a lot of people i think because of that yeah um yeah so so tell me tell me a bit about um so you you start working but now how long does that last and why why did you decide to stop stop doing the traditional career route um what what went wrong so um I just think that um, I I have my goals that I want to meet, and um, for for it to work, sometimes you have to take that chance and you have to make the leap. And um, you 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 have to at at um, once you made that decision, um, you have to go all in and you have to make it work, um, and. And I, I have a lot of things that I want to achieve one day, and um, I, I just um, had to. Or Did you feel like the, the, the job trajectory would be too slow for what you wanted to achieve? Yes, um, I just felt that um, I, I have my um, own way of doing things, and I, I, I need to um, make this jump if I want to do things my way and and make it work um yeah that's basically i see basically what you it. mean yeah. yeah i think i think that is i think that's one of the things that um a, a lot of entrepreneurs feel is they mm. feel like they've got they've got the direction they want to take they yeah they've got a vision and they need to be able to clear the path themselves in order to get yeah. there and they can't be constrained that's really cool so Let's hear about your new venture. How's the how's the consultancy going? So um, the consulting 
consultancy is is um it's named undesign it's a product design firm and it it basically offers a design service for people who has an idea for for a, or or an idea to solve a particular problem or a product idea and the product design undesign would take the idea and fully um conceptualize and de- develop it into a final product that you can mass produce or if it's an app interface they can do that um and yeah ma- mostly getting the design out of the way making making a good product um that is that the client can then market and and produce and it doing everything to let how to let the product succeed and make it um as usable um as possible so does someone come to you with the raw idea an established idea um do they have a company is a company approaching you does an it, individual it approach varies you? it's it's all of those things basically it's uh, companies or or clients um i've had some person who has a full-time job and they just have they've they have this problem that um they face every day and they've they've come up with a solution and they don't know where to take it from there so they would usually um approach a product design firm and we would we would reinvestigate most of the assumptions like we would do research and come up with prototypes and solutions and then f- go through the whole design process and make it into uh something that you can mass produce that they can make like they, they can um manufacture oh yeah. so even an individual yeah so they're trying to solve their own problem yeah. they come to you to solve it together yeah. and then that can go on to be a product that gets sold to help yeah. other people yeah usually but with a product design consultancy we don't ever own the products we hand it back to the client because okay. it's, it's they they are the funders you um of the idea um we don't fund the ideas we just provide the design service okay um, so you both so you both for the job you charge them yes. for the yeah yeah um it's either you don't you, take a either you bill for the job percentage. or you take royalties oh, okay. if it's if it's going to be a product that's going to be mass produced like a lot of quantities you go for royalties usually um oh so do you just pick what would be best you negotiate with the oh, client okay. that what they what they want um as well as obviously they determine what they're willing to to um agree yeah. to the negotiation happens I yeah guess. yeah so i mean are those skills that you learn while you're studying do you have to learn those skills on the side pricing negotiation pricing contract that's um i learned in interns internships there we go um they don't teach you any of that in 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 school um i had to figure out how to make a quote how to make an invoice and how to set up terms and conditions um in non-disclosures um like my first client asked me if they could they they have this idea and um they want me to they want to sign an NDA before they tell me anything further then I'm like okay pretending I have an NDA yes <laughs> and then just after that I go and go find a then I go get an NDA because I don't have one yeah you just go along I just figured it out as I went along um these things um that's how it usually goes um they didn't teach you this in school yes um I don't, yeah and I don't know if they you know people say they should teach all those things in school um I think there's an argument both ways for that like, what would be the argument against teaching that stuff um so I don't 
think it's always like the school teaches you for industrial design um manufacturing how to think like a designer how to design how to draw how to use the software um the they they the the quotations or all the um practical side of things um i don't know if you need a whole course for that you pick that up so quickly um a lot of the things in experience that i think that is the most effective way to le learn it anyway learning how to think like a designer is something you would not 90% of the time you would not pick that up or learn how to do that um in 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 the industry always like um the, the yeah they help you with, i think the school is very well good at teaching you that um and the other stuff is not that you you learn that so quickly in experience that it's it's not um necessary to set up a whole curriculum for that right yeah. that may i mean the way you've explained it makes perfect sense i guess it would be maybe i mean then this would just go back to what we were saying earlier then does the school then encourage people to go do these internships to learn the skills or i guess you just let things take the natural course which is you do the studying then you go get a job then you learn these skills yeah. and that's just how it can be and i guess the people who are interested in fast tracking that like you yeah. just right. make it happen yeah you the people who want to learn it will learn it very quickly yes or yeah you know. yeah i guess i mean same i've had that experience i was doing freelance web design okay while i was studying and same thing you just you have learned the hard way with everything yeah okay you charge them this much you then you charge them this much you have this contract yeah. you ask you, for a you're deposit gonna, you're gonna you realize very so like you're gonna realize very quickly um when you've undercharged for a client and yeah. the project becomes this long thing and you're not getting paid what you want and then you learn very quickly you're not going to make that mistake again exactly so yeah there's something a, to be said about life is a efficient teacher like so. that exactly exactly it's uh, and also i think there's something about uh the the way you retain that information and how you learn about it is so much more uh so much more effective yeah when you actually experience it someone Absolutely. can tell you something and you can read something but when it actually when you actually experience it you'll never make that mistake again. exactly that's that's absolutely true yeah um, so i guess i guess i guess it just has to be that way that you learn that stuff on the go yeah uh, it doesn't have to but i think the way it is is it's fine it's fine <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to change anything guys it's going <laughs> fine yeah i don't we don't have a major um shortage of um designers that can't think prop um or don't know how to make quotes because they're not teaching it um there's not an epidemic yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. i think i mean the reason the reason i like to think about this stuff is because i think are we missing out on opportunities and what you're saying is no like things seem to be fine but i always do wonder you know what would happen if they were teaching this stuff in university you just think about it and then you think what would happen if there was uh a place where there were all these resources mm. well curated and online for a designer to tap into that would there be would there be this is my this is my thinking would there be a disproportionate advantage to to someone creating that resource that place of resources so could it take someone a few hours to put together a set of resources that could save hundreds of hours of oh. designers trying to... I always like to think about that because then it's worth it, right? Then it's yeah. worth going and doing it. But if you can work out, you know what? 
at, it's not that worth They'll, it. They're going to figure it out themselves. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> <laughs> Let them yeah. figure it out. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's sometimes you have to draw the line between um, like um, holding their hand all the way to the finish line or letting them run themselves, trying to run themselves. Yeah, um, I think that's, a, I think those are, yeah, it's a, it's a philosophy. It's a way of thinking about yeah. it. Yeah, you know, like um, there is a major difference, obviously, between the um, university and um, the industry. Um, but it should be like that. There needs to be, if it's all the same, or like if the university teaches exactly um, how they're going to behave in the work workforce, there's not going to be um, uh, innovation on that grant, on, 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 on the same scale because um, they're already teaching them to think this way and now in practice they're still just thinking this way but if you have to move from these two um, it, it there's there's a disparity uh, which I think is sometimes good because it just gets you to think about stuff yes. it gets you to question how it is yeah exactly oh that's interesting so even though the thing that you're moving towards might be Maybe it's a, so you in the university environment and you move from that to the working world, even though the working world environment might be a better, more efficient environment. Let's just pretend it is just by moving from the one state to the next, you are met with some dissonance because things are different. Mm. And through that process, you question and you think if it should be yeah. the right way. And even though in that situation, you might find out, no, this is a more desirable way to, to work and behave. Yeah there was the opportunity between those two states yeah. where you could have thought of something different. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, friction is sometimes good. It, 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 um, it, it brings, brings other changes that are sometimes no, you wouldn't have gotten any other way. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's fascinating. That's a, that's an incredible philosophy. <laughs> is that, is that a philosophy you've developed over time? Um, through well, your discipline and you've it's, observed it. it yeah, it's it's something I've observed over time and I've cuz cuz as you go along um like especially when we, once I graduated and you check in on your former classmates and they're like how's it going and they're like oh not that great it was so unprepared um for what's actually happening in the industry and what we were taught um but um I just I uh, I, I just took a step back and s instead of like being in this noise of these this these people um with this friction um seeing it for what it is um is is uh sometimes also i think it, it it's it's something i developed is or observed of of this is that it it, it, it is actually good um it is helping um to to always question um the two two methods and the two industries um which is always it's important things should always be questioned and um especially ideas like if this is really the best idea we would we would we need to question it again and even if we end up there again it's good because we we made sure yes always. like we, we don't just accept it and with like, with like a <clears throat> short-sightedness carried on with this because this is how it's always been done. Um, it's good to question question things. I like that. And also another factor is the the saying goes something like rough seas make better sailors. Mm. And that the 
there are going to be some people who are so disrupted by the difference and the friction that they are left worse off and they and they don't rise to it but then there are other people that the friction shapes them and makes them better for it and sets them up for greater success later because friction is almost inevitable yeah yeah it it it, um it it hardened them in some way it it made them better um and then when they increased or when they um confronted uh different challenges in the future that was that's a little similar they they could have they could meet them a lot easier because they went through this difficult um process yes yeah i think i think that this philosophy that you you're sharing now i think it's it's I haven't heard I haven't heard it as much as as I think it used to be around more where mm. I think I think now we because things have gotten so much more uh, convenient and we've become Easier. so smart and we've become we've become so good at mm. finding efficiencies and making things easier for ourselves yeah. because of that I think that's become the general philosophy which is how can we optimize and make things as easy as possible yeah. but we're robbing is, ourselves of experience yeah yeah I'm all for that kind of thing. Like I'm one of the, I'm one of the laziest persons you'll meet. Like I always <laughs> try to do things as well, easy as possible, or like optimizing or automating things. Um, I'm all about that. But um, going learn learning um, how, like the 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 background and and how how things get there instead of or having knowledge of of the behind the scenes is just as, as important as optimizing things like you have to know because because that's when you get people who grow up in these optimized or or convenient states and um it's all they know like they 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 don't know um where um where their convenience comes from which is also it i don't know it's it's important i think yeah i know exactly what you're saying yeah. you, it's important not to be disconnected from where your convenience yeah. comes from because you have to have some level of uh, gratitude and appreciation for it so that you don't yeah. take it for granted. Yeah, like uh, this, yeah, this disconnect is something you see more and more every day. Um, and, you know, it, or, or it just gets highlighted more. That's, that's one thing I don't know anymore. Like, um, is there mo- more problems or is um, our connected lives just showing these problems more? Uh, um that's um, something I'm still very unsure about. Yeah. So is it just, yeah, is it just brought to light more? Is it more I obvious think, now? Yeah, yeah, I don't know which one it is. I, th- I think it might be one or the other. I think it could be a combination. Yeah, combination. It could be a combination because, yeah, I think I think these uh, these conveniences are are definitely having an effect on us, not just revealing maybe our you know a nature Mm. and a and a a preference that we had before i think there's some weird stuff happening i mean when when you don't have to when you don't have to go find food and then cook it and then and then eat it when you can just go buy something off the shelf and not have to put any effort well yeah yeah exactly if you can just get food delivered to you made and you, you that level of convenience that has stripped away one of the most basic things that we had to do, which is find mm. food to stay alive. I mean, 
surely that's going to do something to us that we don't understand. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know if it's, uh, if that's a bad thing. Like, I think if we need, as long as we know what's going on, like, and be, and we're prepared for the, like, you live in this life of convenience. I think it's fine. You can live that way your whole life. But um, as long as you you know what's going on, you have to be you'll conscious. Be fine. Of it. You have to be conscious of it, because um, we are more we are a more developed society. We we don't have to go out and find our own food anymore. So um, is it that important to um, be able to go do that, even though you're not you don't have to? Um, do you still need that knowledge? Um, I think that no knowledge is harmful in any way. Like knowing it would, is beneficial in some way. Um, it might not be um, obvious at first, but you'll it it will seep through somehow um, into something else. But um, yeah, knowing knowing this, knowing it is important, I think. Um, but being this developed society that um, you don't have to go um, actually go and find your own food, you live in full convenience. Um, yeah, it. It, it. I don't think it will be bad for for um, for society, but I you know. I agree with you in that. I think we should be conscious of it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I with, with what you're saying, where you think we we should you know we should embrace it, not go backwards. There would be no. You're saying you, you don't think we yeah. need to go backwards to to find some better previous state. Like, let's stay where we are. Find We're some more... appreciation for it. There we go. Yeah. Exactly. Be more engaged. Be more yeah. conscious of it. Yeah, you and can... Then, and then that might be fine. I think so. Yeah. I don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what, man? I think, I think, I think we don't, we don't want to go back. Life is pretty great right now. I just think we just need to be really aware of what it might be um, doing to us. If it, if yeah. it um, you know, how how great do we feel on a daily basis? Um, and, and, uh, is that, you know, I, I don't expect, I don't expect that the, and I don't think that the, the, your purpose should be to be, to be happy every day. I'm more just saying, you know, how does, how does it make us feel to, yeah. be, to, to have your, you know, have your food delivered or whatever it may be. And it sounds trivial and maybe, maybe someone, no, I, um, I someone listening to this might think that oh, it's just, because um, how much like it's not um, worth thinking about, but I think it is. How much satisfaction can you like, um, or or self value can you get from that? You can't get that much from getting your food delivered to you. That's but, exactly what I'm saying. But going out and achieving it by doing it yourself is that has a positive effect on you mentally as well, um, which you um, neg- um, taking away from a lot of people. Um, in this way exactly you've nailed it man that's exactly what Mm. i'm saying is that there are there are mechanisms that we used to have before that Mm. gave us a reward and a a feeling of accomplishment that we are now we've now taken away we just need to be aware of that we we need to be aware and if it's a problem we need to find another way of um fulfilling that um that um void somehow yeah getting creative about how we fill that yeah exactly agreed George, it has been so awesome having you here today. Thank you so much. It's been great. Yeah, I had a good talk. Yeah, yeah. it's been a good one. For those who are watching or listening, thank you so much for joining us. If you are watching, please uh, drop your favorite quotes, your favorite insights into the comment section below. And if you're listening or the comment section isn't for you, please tweet me at Jamie and you. George, where can people find you online? 
Um, they can check out my Instagram, uh, George Gibbons, or um, they can go on my website, georgegibbons.com, or they could go on Undesign's Instagram page, um, Undesign Co. Um, you'll find it there. Uh, a lot of the work that we're busy with. Awesome. I'll put all the links in the description, of course. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Cheers.